It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Alstel. Here we are. It's car con carne in quarantine. It's quarantine con carne. I'm James Van Alstel. Car con carne sponsored tonight by C and H Financial Services. 2112 is on Chicago's lovely north side. It is a music, film, and technology incubator. Here with me tonight in, well, I don't know how we're seeing this on Facebook, uh, Scott Fetters, he's the director of 2112, Rob Tovar, who runs the film division, The Hangar, and Sadia Davis, who represents the new nonprofit, the C uh, Center for Creative Entrepreneurship through 2112. Hi, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, everyone, how's it doing? One of the common themes that I've experienced since we entered into this pandemic period and sheltering in place, from the entertainment world's perspective, from the perspective of musicians, filmmakers, just creative people in general, the need to innovate around this. The pandemic's not yielding to the way things used to be. And I think innovation is so important and so necessary. And that's why I wanted to have you three on because you incubate businesses, you foster the entrepreneurial spirit and I guess just to, to begin, right out of the gate, talk about the need for innovation and what 2112 is seeing and doing. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're seeing our, our industry uh, obviously getting hit uh, one of the hardest with, uh, you know, between the creatives, hospitality, live entertainment. Um, you know, we're always part of uh, a situation to, um, to innovate, uh, to, to address, um, and to, to bring people together. But, um, you know, now is a, a very unique time um, where a lot of us were poised and, and small businesses were poised to, um, to shift quickly um, to address. Um, you know, we're seeing a, a major shift with obviously the, the live streaming, everything that uh, we're, you know, we're dealing here with, with media, um, with live events going away with an opportunity to uh, to come up with completely new business models. Um, so I think it's something that, you know, a lot of our, our businesses are uh, taking a different approach and, and um, responding differently, but everybody has to, to think differently uh, in the new times and, and uh, you know, react and, and, and respond to the current situation. So as I mentioned, 2112 is a music, film, and tech incubator. If you want proof, uh, every time Scott turns on his mic, there's live music happening right behind him that's it's not the elephant in the room it's just the musician in the room yeah, uh, just wrapping up there's uh well this is actually a perfect example of how do people uh shift this this never happened before in our space but uh we currently have have two artists um that are that are trying to figure out how to how to make some money and, and live stream so we have our uh our new main stage uh next door there's uh there's an artist streaming now and uh, there's someone wrapping up just just behind me wrapping up uh, hopefully here in the next couple minutes. So what, what, besides that, what other stuff have you seen that's been kind of inspirational or that you've taken lessons from during this period? What kind, what kind of innovations, what kind of creative thinking around this have you seen? And I should probably point the direction to Sadia and Rob since Scott is in the belly of a live performance right now. You know what? Actually, and I, I was going to hand it over to Saudia, but one of the things that I, I guess timing, you know, during the pandemic is we, we were literally in the midst of announcing the creative 
up uh, the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship, and and Saudi had joined the team uh, and was taken taken over that helm, and then we got slapped with this thing called COVID, and that's where I'm going to hand it over to uh, to Saudi because it just kind of it was a it was a very nice transition that segued into what we wanted uh, you know the CCE program to be encompassing various disciplines of art and how the pandemic caused us to shift into digital immediately, you know, pretty quickly. And I tell you, uh, if you've seen some of the programming that she's put together, I mean, Rick Bayless has been, I mean, we've, we've been doing some great stuff, but it's covered every aspect of it from food to music, to film. Uh, and then she sprinkled it in there with fashion and just a, a little bit of all. So Saudi, take it away. Cause it's, it's, it was a perfect segue into how do we, how we reacted quickly and we're, you know, able to adapt uh, in this very unusual time. Yeah, thank you, Rob, and thank you, Scott. Um, I'm so fortunate to have an incredible team um, that supports um, what I do with the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship, but who brought me along for the ride. And who knew, right, that the world would change so quickly? Um, so we launched in February. And one of the things I think it's important is that the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship empowers creatives at all levels with the knowledge, skills, and relationships necessary for business success. And so when we say that, you know, it's like, it's not the how-to, but for those of you who've been to 2112 and know that there's a main stage that can seat up to 150 people, we had to shift, like quickly shift, everybody's using the word agile, um, to be able to take what was once an event, right? And then migrate it to a virtual platform. Yeah. So um, I, I told Scott, you know, I'm really, really serious about like wanting to make it as, as feel as much as like people are in person. So Instagram was one to one. Facebook Live at the time, only back in February, was like you had to be in the room with everybody else to capture and go live. So I did some research. I was like, I want people to log on from different places. Friends at Facebook were like, you could use, um, there are softwares out there that allow you to have multiple people on screen. Um, and I wanted the chats. I wanted to feel like, okay, if we can't go to 2112 for an event, how do people just show up? And because CCE is global, all of a sudden my excitement for wanting to not only join the organization, but Scott knows <laughs> to reach out to friends in LA and to reach out to friends in New York and Austin, Texas and all over all became possible with this virtual platform. So we were fortunate to find an operator, if you will, someone in, in the industry, if you think of broadcast news, it would be like, actually a producer, a showrunner and an operator, a switcher all moving yeah pieces um, so that we now have the ability and have since maybe end of February, we've now run nine CCE global talks to be able to carry from what was in person um, with an audience, but now live. And, um, you know, the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship represents nine sectors of the creative arts industries. So it's been really, um, I hope, fulfilling for entrepreneurs out there to see themselves or to see the possibility of what can be done by us coming to them virtually. Um, Scott and, and Rob, we miss each other, right? Um, but these are the ways that we're able to engage. And I'll say one other thing, and that is, is that, you know, at first it was just, how do we deliver the content 
to our audience. Now, after doing so, we realize that now with our Sling Studio there, we can still use this platform to broadcast live, even when we're back in the physical space. And that's huge because we'll still maintain that audience that we developed in this time, but also for people who are not so excited to come back into the space, they still have a place to land and learn something and hopefully be inspired because out of the most dark times, some of the most creative film projects, music projects, yeah. visual art, fashion, it all happens. And, and you said it, and I've had this discussion with plenty of musicians, a lot of people, you know, this is the, this shared collective trauma we're in. COVID-19 is this awful, emotionally debilitating, sometimes physically debilitating situation we're in. And a lot of people, and I get it, are just stymied by it. They're, they're paralyzed. It's just tough to work through. But as a creative, you kind of need to just drive right on through this. It, 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 you got to figure out a way around it because I don't know what things are going to look like two months, four months, six months from now but you need to start figuring out what the new, the new way is before things start going back to the old ways. And I think what you just said, take the lessons from what we're doing now into the future, figure out what those new ideas are and find ways to thread them through whatever's next. I think that's so critical. Rob, tell me about what's going on with the film business. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> well, you know, states are starting to open up. So, uh, you know, LA put out their, their, their things. I think this week is when they're up and going and there's a lot of restrictions. Chicago announced uh, we're going to start giving permits out uh, as early as the 15th. Uh, that's going to be touch and go because it's, it's production for 10 people or less. And if we, uh, for those, anyone that understands film or even a small music video, your hair and makeup team could be 10 people just by itself. So, uh, I kind of like to align myself when it comes to what's happening in the film. That's also going to transition into events. So, you know, anything like a, like a, like a Lollapalooza or a live nation, or even some of the larger venues that are out there. Just, uh, just earlier today, I was having uh, some large panel discussions with the uh, Latino alternative uh, music uh, conference, uh, which is running right now. Uh, and that's, that's the topic. What's going to happen? What are tours going to look like? What's film going to look like? What, what are music videos going to look like? So for now, we're happy to say that in Chicago, the 15th, uh, we're going to start giving permits out. Uh, hoping we could pick up a, a couple things. Our hangar, as you see behind me, the hangar, this is a project that was, uh, hangar turns four this year. Uh, lots of great things have happened in the hangar since we, since we launched that. I've had Showtime, CBS Redline filmed with me. Uh, we had Disney. Uh, I thought when we hit Showtime, me and Scott were high-fiving. And uh, when Disney came in, it's like, wow, we actually got Disney. So we had a, a great, uh, we housed production. They spent about three months with us over the winter. And uh, we were having conversations for other products, uh, projects, but here we are. We, we find ourselves in an unknown territory. Uh, however, uh, lots of really cool creatives uh, are out there and they're really working on some really neat projects. So I personally cannot wait what's gonna come of all this. Uh, uh, early on, Saudia did a really great thing about uh, uh, focusing on the hangar and projects that have been there, but you know, utilizing producers that have worked in Chicago, and they're all working on really neat concepts. And uh, I cannot wait to see what these folks come up with. So stay tuned. Uh, I think COVID and pandemic is really gonna, some cool movies are gonna come out there. I, I refuse to watch anything that's like Contagion or, <laughs> I'm leaning more towards comedy, 
but uh, yeah, a lot of people are like, like the guy who created Black Mirror said, you know what, I'm done making this show for a while. It's a little too, little it's, too it's, life, life accurate. Yeah, it's too life accurate, too gothic, just too depressing. So, uh, yeah, it, it's fun stuff. Uh, the Hanger, believe it or not, uh, it's actually I'm not I'm not at liberty to say who was in there, but that thing was actually booked for the whole year. Uh, that changed quickly on us. Yep. Uh, uh, we're we're looking to start something. Uh, in the next few weeks and then lead into fourth quarter and some of that might bleed into 2021, but it's, you know, it just depends on what happens with this silly uh, uh, little germ that we call the COVID. One thing I wonder, and again, going back to music, cause that's just a, a comfortable place for me to default to as musicians talk about not being able to tour and just the way things are, are so radically different. It seems to me like the, the conditions are ripe for a, a music video Renaissance as a way of communicating, as a way of expressing one's art. It seems like here's the opportunity. You can't go on tour, but you can put your creative self in a video. Have you seen any of that? Have you felt any of that? <laughs> I think we all, we're all smiling, so I, we just want to burst out. Like I think we all have. <laughs> yeah, it, it just seems natural. Like. Let's let's see like an MTV 24-hour streaming service, like something like that for the modern day. I think we're ready for it. Well, I mean, there's concerts from your couch or concerts from our couch, our buddy um, uh, Jeff Becker. Um, so you're seeing a lot of innovation around that. You have musicians who have figured out how to um, collaborate virtually. Yeah. Um, we produced just last week over the weekend, um, we, we had a video village on Zoom watching the person, making sure that we got the footage that we needed on Sunday, right? That's awesome. So um, it is happening and everybody is figuring out how to make it safe. Um, we had one producer talk about how, although it's you know 50 or 10 or less, everything is becoming more efficient also because of the amount of people that are not, it's not possible to all be together. Now that Scott is somewhere more quiet and secluded, um, and I enjoyed seeing you walk through the facility. Uh, this is a perfect segue because the, the facility of 2112, it's, it's vast, it's enormous, it's inspiring. Hey, if you are creative, if you work on that side of the world, it is inspiring to walk through those halls. I figured this would be a good time, Scott, for you to kind of explain a little more about what 2112 is, who, who's housed there, what kind of businesses are there now, what it's like to work out of there and so on yeah no i was good i, I thought about that as i heard uh one more song starting behind me and uh i said you know it'd be a good time to to, to give a little mini tour here um but yeah so we um you know we launched five years ago here um started very music heavy and um you know really the the initial uh concept was very music um focused because uh of a, a need that we identified. I was working with Paul Natkin with the Chicago Music Commission um, and he had a, a economic impact study commissioned and you know we realized Chicago was the third largest creative economy um, but it really you know in the, in the country but it wasn't really getting that credit um, and I was trying to figure out why that was and we you know initially we thought it was a marketing issue started working with city and state government spent a couple years saying you know here's here's the information on paper when we start, start telling the world about Chicago and realized it was a much bigger problem uh, through that process. And the problem was fragmentation in the market is there were, you know, there was so much here, but nobody knew each other. Nobody was working together. 
um, <clears throat> so we you know we said we need to we need to figure that out. We need to bring people together. We need to raise awareness locally, not nationally and internationally, just of, of everything that's happening here. Um, and that started with uh, you know it took us years to figure out the the physical concept. Um, it started with monthly educational programming and networking. Uh, evolved into uh, we got a grant from Boeing uh, to launch ChicagoMusic.org, um, trying to create this online hub and this this platform um, <clears throat> to bring everyone together virtually. Realized you know neither of those were the answer. Um, I had met uh, during that that process met the owners of Fort Knox Studios, um, which at the time was a forty thousand square foot band rehearsal facility. Um, you know, 92 room rehearsal facility, um, but they were sitting inside of 160,000 square feet. Um, I, I went there once a few years ago. I only recently found my way out. <laughs> you know what? I just it just popped up in one of my uh, my social memories too. That uh, it was it was five years ago to the day uh, a couple years ago that you were here with uh, with Local H on that uh, that live at Knox performance. We did it a few of those. That was fun. That long, yeah. Um, so you know it, the. Initially, and in, in when I met, um, you know, the, the owners of Fort Knox, they were uh, thinking about expanding. They had a, a significant waiting list for their band rehearsal space, and their thought was just to, to make, you know, the, the biggest, uh, nicest rehearsal facility you know, anywhere in the in the city in the country. Um, then we started talking a lot more about, you know, there's this opportunity we we have with such a, a massive facility in, in 160,000 square feet, and what that means. And we said we really we have this opportunity to. Uh, to change Chicago's music community and to bring people together and, and instead of expanding band rehearsal to create this ecosystem for collaboration. Um, so they expanded then into um, 32 music production studios, uh, six recording studios, live sound production companies. Um, and right around the same time, we came up with the idea of, of the incubator. So we launched here um, five years ago. Um, again, initially really focused on the music industry, but then we realized uh, as we as we you know started having conversations with other industries, there was so much uh, similar need, so much opportunity uh, for film and video, for theater, for dance. Um, so we really you know expanded the the concept and, and said let's focus on creative industries. Um, so 2112 alone, uh, we have uh, 120 companies now, um, and that's a mix of uh, you know band management, entertainment, law, video production, graphic design. Um, you know anything that you can imagine and the beauty and and kind of when you know when you were talking we started off with the concept of innovation too you know there's no better way to to innovate and um, and really to, to get the feedback that you need um, by being surrounded by 140,000 square feet of industry. It's a, the, the networking aspect for any creative to have that immediate access to oh that woman is an entertainment lawyer. Oh, there's someone who does booking. Like just having all that institutional knowledge feet away is so valuable. And it's, you don't have to Google it. You can talk to real people doing real life stuff right there. And they're all, every time I've been there, the spirit of 2112 has been very generous and very, very much a community. It's an yep. ecosystem, truly. Yeah. And that's something I think we were trying to, to shift the mentality a little bit. You know, that was the other thing. It wasn't just that, you know, that people didn't know each other, but um, inherently with that, as you're spread out and isolated and, and you know, you think there are limited opportunities, uh, it, it really stifles uh, collaboration because people become very protective of what they have. And they think this is the, this is the one piece of business in Chicago 
I'm not letting you know about it because you're going to take it. But in reality, the more we work together, the more we come together and people have started to realize that and, and change and share. Um, everybody grows when everybody works together. Totally true. So you have how many businesses in there right now? Uh, 120. That's just in 2112, um, our member companies. And then, um, you know, in addition to the bands and, and uh, studios, there's additional businesses in Fort Knox as well. That's awesome. And resources a go-go. Uh, and so the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship is not, not for profit. Explain the difference in business model. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not sure how that all works with 2112 and in and around. So, Sadia, if you could explain a little more. Sure, I mean, and happily to have Scott jump in as well. So, um, 2112 is for profit. Um, so, of course, um, you know, it's, it's really kind of interesting where we have, we're new um, and there are established relationships that already exist with regards to 2112's partnerships. Um, there are organizations who would have loved to donate, right? So as a, a nonprofit in the process of the 501c3, we are fiscally sponsored um, by the Arts uh, Alliance Illinois. Um, and, and that's fantastic because that allows for us to operate as a nonprofit um, and still have the expertise actually um, to lean on um, as we build and as we grow. Um, but one of the things that I we were advised to share, and I, I made this part of our narrative, is that when you're a new non-for-profit, um, banks and sponsors and funders are a little concerned about maybe making that give because they're not sure of your sustainability. Yeah. So what we actually like to say is that we are the birth of, or we are um, sort of created up out of 2112. And so with that, we carry the legacy forward into marginalized communities and communities that generally don't have the type of resources um, that one would find at 2112 or have the capacity to pay for. So one of the other things about our nonprofit, which is really exciting, is that we have a diversified scholarship, which allows, and when people think of scholarships, they sometimes think of youth. Um, but again, the CCE, Center for Creative Entrepreneurship, is just that. It's a center for creative entrepreneurs, people who are going into business, right? So that scholarship is for individuals who could be anywhere from 17 to 75, you know, um, who have decided right. to create something. Um, so we are a charitable foundation, and for that reason, the, the gifts and the sponsorship is uh, tax deductible. So that's going to be the difference between the for-profit and the nonprofit. One thing that's interesting is I'm talking to the three of you. There seems to be, I mean, we're in kind of a shitty time right now, but there definitely seems to be a sense of optimism and hopefulness, which I think is a good message for any of the creatives watching this or listening to this. I think it's something we need to hear. And coming from you guys, I take it as the gospel. Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, we were trying to say early on to our members as well is, um, you know, there's, there's a way to get through this. There's a way to get through anything. Um, but you, you know, we have to, we have to work together. We have to share information. We have to plan appropriately. And uh, you know, we've been trying to, to spread that word as much as possible. You know, at, at the beginning, a lot of people, you know, the, the idea of let's, you know, let's, let's wait, let's sit this out and, and see what happens the next couple of months. Um, and then hopefully things return to normal. And so if you do that, you're, you're putting, you're setting yourself very, uh, setting yourself up poorly for, uh, for success here as long as you're planning on you know 
yes, things may come back in, in three months. Now we obviously, we, we know that, you know, with live events and, and a lot of the industries that we're uh, working with aren't, aren't really coming back, um, you know, likely till next year, but let's have a plan for each of those scenarios. And, and yes, let's, let's hope that things come back in, in three months, but let's plan for it not coming back for a year and a half and two years and make sure there's a model um, that, that you're set up for success with any of those scenarios. So for a fledgling business, someone who has the great idea, someone who's going to transform dance, film, music, the creative world, can they take a tour? Is that off limits now? I mean, how, how do they see the facility? Uh, we officially opened back up this, um, this Monday. Uh, so we are accepting, we, we would ask, um, obviously to, we're, we're adhering to all of the, the um, standards and, and guidelines um, and, and providing a safe space. That was one thing I wanted to mention too with, um, with safety, Rob being the, uh, the entrepreneur uh, that he is, actually launched a business uh, seven years ago that's proved to be very uh, valuable, um, sterile environments, which I'll let him explain a little bit more in, in a second. But uh, he, he sprayed um, and, and now all of the surfaces within Fort Knox in 2112 are um, protected with uh, an electrostatic uh, shield for the next 12 months. Rob, are you a time traveler? I say that. Did, yeah. did, did you come like, from the future with knowledge of what would happen this year? And did you develop something knowing this was coming? You know, seven years ago. So I have a, yeah. Believe it or not, I have a, I, I have a chemical background. Uh, I, I, uh, I spent some time with one of the world's largest uh, raw material distributors uh, in the planet. And, uh, and it was very successful. But, you know, something always kept pulling me towards... Uh, you know, the hospitality and event industry. That's how I met Scott. But so about seven years ago, uh, I got involved with some a, a group. And uh, uh, funny story, prior to that, they came, they came to me with another idea. And I, I laughed at them and they made millions. And then so when they came back to me the second time with another idea, I says, whatever it is, I'm in. And it was, it was this uh, long-lasting antimicrobial. There's similar products out there right now. Uh, uh, ours uh, has an effic efficacy of up to a year. Depends on your abrasion factor. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of a hard sell. You know, you, you tell people that I'm going to put something on your surface and it's going to stay there. Uh, and it's going to, as long as you clean and, and do what you're supposed to do, it's going to, it's going to continue to stay there and mitigate germs for up to a year. So people would say, yeah, whatever. Uh, the White Sox were one of our first clients here in Chicago. You know, through the years, I did a bunch of, you know, University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana, a lot of clients. But it was never really something that was sustainable until now. Yeah. So, oh um, man, yeah. So when this thing hit three months ago, um, yeah, we've been busy. Uh, fortunate enough to have put some artists uh, that are out there that all of a sudden income stopped. Uh, actually, put a couple bartenders to work as well, and it's a two-step process. So I've been fortunate to provide some level of income uh, to some of my favorite people on the planet, which is the creative industry. Uh, can they just stop? So yeah, so just imagine uh, if you're in your studio and that microphone that you talk to every day, if we spray that microphone, at least I'm trying to prevent cross-contamination from surface to surface. Uh, so that, that's something really cool, but we could talk about that another time. But yeah, uh, as, a, as a serial entrepreneur uh, landing, uh, you know, knowing Scott for, for almost over a decade now, uh, but when I first stepped foot in the Fort Knox in 2112, I never left. Uh, I blame you. Yeah, I never left, but you know, it, and... Uh, and I've always had these little side businesses that, oh, look what we get to do now. So besides movies, there you go. <laughs> All right. So the, the website is 2112 Inc. 2112 Inc. 
www.creativeentrepreneurship.com for people to learn more. CCEglobal.org, if you can't read that on the screen, CCEglobal.org, the not-for-profit Center for Creative Entrepreneurship, 2112inc.com. Uh, before I cut you loose, before I, I say farewell to the people watching on Facebook Live, including the handsome Martin Atkins, uh, anything else you want to get out there? I would like to mention, uh, Saudia may have been raising her hand for the same thing, uh, we'll, we'll see, but um, as far as the, the CCE Global uh, website, we do have, we have been aggregating, um, and that's part of our, our mission to aggregate and amplify um, all of the existing resources that exist, um, you know, through, through our partners. Um, so I think this, this week alone, we had 12 to 15 workshops. We've been uh, populating our calendar with free uh, business workshops for creatives um, on, on cceglobal.org. Um, to get back to the, the last question as well, we do, we are open um, nine to five. Um, feel free, you know, our, all of our contact info is on the website, our emails are on there. Um, if, if you want to contact with any questions or uh, to come in for a tour, um, currently with, with shortened hours, nine to five, Monday through Friday, uh, we're here. Such a fantastic facility, such a fantastic resource and community. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. I want to thank uh, Scott, Rob, Sadia. Thank you so much for doing this. I want to thank everyone who's been watching on Facebook Live. And uh, see, Brady just says, I got to intern at 2112. Very lovely time. Martin likes his background, too. <laughs> thank you, Martin, for being one of our CCE advisors. Is the man. Love all right, everybody. That, that's it. That was, that was fantastic information. Thanks. Great seeing you, James.